Our New Testament lesson this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 26 through 30, and then verses 38 through 39. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called, And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. How many of you had coffee this morning? Put your hands up. All right, any tea drinkers here? Put your hands up. Handful of tea drinkers. How many of you just avoided the whole caffeine thing altogether this morning? Anybody? (laughs) A bunch of you. Good for you. All right. Uh, How many of you woke up early and exercised before you came to worship? Wow, more than the first service. We only had two in the first service. Good for you guys. How many of you are dog people? Yeah, cat people? Any cat people here? Yeah. Oh, that's some vigorous waving there. I'm with you for being a cat person. What about music? Call out your favorite musicians or bands. What's that? <laughs> Who else? Keith Urban, Dirk Bentley. Hot sardines? What? I don't even know who else. Who else? Just call them out. Okay. Big head Todd and the monsters. Big head Todd and the monsters. Okay. I. What's that one? Oh, okay. We're getting a lot of variety here. I'm hearing a lot of variety. Very good. Uh, any Duke fans here? Put your hands up. Any UNC fans? Put your hands up. Did you see how quickly the Duke fans were like, nope. Uh, NC State fans, put your hands up. All right. How many of you here don't get why people get so worked up about a bunch of sweaty guys chasing a ball around? Any of you here? Yeah, a handful of you. Very good. One last question. How many of you breathed today? There is at least one person without a hand up, and that's disturbing. How many of you breathed? Isn't that interesting that regardless of lifestyle or sleeping habits or media preferences, regardless of food, whether you're a vegan or a vegetarian or an omnivore or keto or paleo or low carb, whether you run or walk or hike or do yoga or Pilates or flip gigantic tires at a CrossFit gym, every single one of us breathes. We all have that in common, even when we have nothing else in common. This morning we're continuing in our sermon series that we're calling Listen, 
hearing that still small voice and finding your own. And week by week, we're going to be talking about different ways to slow down and listen for how God might be speaking to you. And this morning, as part of that series, we're talking about listening to our bodies and specifically breathing. So I've had breathing on the mind, and I recently found an article about breathing from the American Lung Association. And the title struck me as funny. The title was, Five Ways You Might Be Breathing Wrong. (laughs) I know. Because I read that and I thought, I took somewhere around 24,000 breaths yesterday, and I seem to be doing just fine. Thank you very much. How could all of us be doing something 24,000 times in a given day and not be doing it right? But this reminded me of a birthing class that uh, Courtney and I took a few months ago. Not just for fun, we were having a baby. Um, And at one point during the class, the instructor said, okay, we need to take some time to talk about breathing. And then she began what she said next with this. She said, when I went to a breathing seminar... I know, because I thought, there are breathing seminars? We all breathe. We do it all the time. What more is there to learn about something that we do quite naturally 24,000 times a day? And how could that information fill a seminar? Well, I was digging around the darker corners of the internet learning about breathing this week. I learned about a group that believes that we can sustain our bodies without food or even water if we just learn how to breathe correctly. That could sustain us. This belief is called, I kid you not, breatharianism. (laughs) There are stories about a breatharian mystic who hasn't eaten for over 70 years. I know. You can take it or leave it. Some people are taking it. I personally was a little bit skeptical because this group suffered a blow in 1985 when a well-known breatharian practitioner in the U.S. was spotted coming out of 7-Eleven with a hot dog, a big gulp, and a packet of Twinkies. You can't make this stuff up. So, regardless, regardless, there are massive amounts of people from fringe spiritual teachers to doctors who all seem to be telling us that we're not getting the most out of our breathing. And most of it, as best I can tell, has to do with the fact that breathing is just so common and so taken for granted that we really don't pay attention to it. And the fact that we're not paying attention to our breathing matters. It matters to us as human beings who will end up taking more than 650 million breaths before we take our last one. But it should matter to us, especially if we're the kind of human beings who call ourselves Christians. And here's why. Throughout the Bible, God's presence is referred to using the English word spirit. Now, in the Old Testament, the original word is a Hebrew word, ruach. And this word means spirit, but it also means breath. And then when we get to the New Testament, the original word for spirit is a Greek word, pneuma. This word, even though it's from a very different language and very different culture than Hebrew culture, it still means spirit, but also breath. 
So in spite of that cultural gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the language of the Bible is trying to tell us something crucial, which is that there is something about our breath that connects us with God's presence. So when we're not paying attention to our breath, and when we take it for granted so much so that there needs to be seminars and articles written about how we're not doing it right, we might be missing out on something. So I want to take a look at two passages in the Bible, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament, and talk about how exactly breathing connects us with God's presence. First, let's take a look at Genesis chapter 2, which Francis read for us just a moment ago. Genesis 2 is part of a broader story that takes place about God creating the earth, and then in particular, in this passage, God creating human beings. Now, whether you take these stories about creation literally or metaphorically, the authors of the Bible use these first humans in the creation stories to tell us something about who we all are as human beings. So what's the author of Genesis trying to tell us here? Well, we're told in Genesis 2 that when human beings were created, the finishing touch was God breathing breath into these humans. So if you are a human, you have God's spirit within you. And every breath you take is a reminder that God is present with you. Whether you feel like you deserve it or not, whether you believe it or not, your breath is a witness that God's presence isn't something you earn, but it's just there for you to recognize. Now, our second passage that talks about how our breath connects us with God is in the letter that Paul wrote to the Romans in the New Testament. And Paul begins this passage by saying that there are some times when we feel weak and we don't know how to pray. Does anybody here ever feel weak and not know how to pray? As somebody who stands up in front of groups of people several times a week and asks, who would like to open us up in prayer and is met with long, awkward silences, I can tell you. Sometimes we feel weak and like we don't know how to pray or when there's some sort of tragedy that happens in the world. We know that the party line is thoughts and prayers, but sometimes we feel weak and we don't even know where to begin as far as praying for these things. But Paul goes on to say that when we don't know how to pray, or when we feel weak, the spirit, or again, the breath, prays on our behalf. So there might be a lot of you here who would say that you don't know how to pray, but do you know how to breathe? Because when we breathe, or when we sigh, or when we weep, or when we laugh, that's our God-given breath praying for us when we don't otherwise know how to pray. So... How do we pray? How do we connect with God? How do we listen for God's voice? We breathe. Or rather, since we do that so frequently and take it for granted, we remember that we're breathing. And we let that breath be our prayer and our reminder that God is present. Throughout this sermon series, we're giving you some practices that you can try at home. And in this week's bulletin, you have an insert about a practice called breath prayers. You can take that out. Some of you are already doing that. 
Personally, I love breath prayers. They've probably shaped me spiritually more than any other practice. They've been around for, century, but they, uh, for centuries, but they became especially popular in the late 1800s when a Russian book called The Way of the Pilgrim started circulating in the West. And just a quick side note, by the way, I hope you're starting to see a pattern with the practices that we're introducing you to this Lent, which is that these practices aren't new. We're not introducing you to these practices because they're the cool new trend in spirituality. We're introducing them to you because they're tried and true methods that people have used to connect with God for a very long time. So there's my side note. Uh, If you take a look at that bulletin insert, you'll see some phrases typed out on, uh, on that sheet. And these short phrases are the breath prayers that we're talking about. And they're called breath prayers because we pray them while we breathe. How does that work? Well, you start by choosing a prayer. So maybe you're feeling isolated or disconnected. So maybe you would choose the one that says, Father, I belong to you. Or maybe you're feeling broken down, so you might choose the one that says, Holy One, heal me. Or if you're the kind of person who wavers in your faith, you might choose one of my personal favorites. It's from the Gospels. The prayer is, I believe, help my unbelief. So after you choose your prayer, you get quiet and comfortable, and you become aware of the fact that you're breathing. And the prayers on your insert, you'll notice, are written in two parts, one in italics, and uh, the second part of every prayer is in regular type. So as you breathe in, you say that first part to yourself, and then as you breathe out, you say the second part. So for example, if you chose the prayer that says, I believe, help my unbelief, as you breathe in, I believe, and then you breathe out, help my unbelief. Breathe in, I believe, and then breathe out, help my unbelief. And that's all. You do this for five minutes. If you don't feel like you have five minutes, just turn off the music in your car and do this in your car with your eyes open. Take an extra 60 seconds before you get out of bed in the morning. Whatever it is, just find some time to to really sit down and do this intentionally and repeatedly. And some of you might be wondering why it makes sense to repeat these prayers over and over again. Well, it's so that over time our breath reminds us of the message of these prayers. In fact, if you say these prayers intentionally for a minute to five minutes a day, you'll find yourself praying these prayers without even realizing it at other times of the day, just because you've grown to associate them with your breathing. Like when I was in college, I washed dishes at a bar. I found myself accidentally praying these prayers thousands of times standing behind a dishwasher just because at some other part of the day, I sat down and tried to focus on these prayers and associate them with my breathing. So let's try this together. Take out that insert, if it's still in front of you. Choose a prayer. And get as comfortable as possible in those pews. And begin to breathe slowly through your nose. Make sure you're breathing from your belly so your belly rises and falls with every breath.
And in your mind or very quietly to yourself, as you breathe in, say that first line of the prayer. And as you breathe out, the second line. Breathe in the first line of the prayer. And breathe out the second line of the prayer. Thanks be to God. Amen.